Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys improve their practices. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Christopher Anderson, and I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful in running their law firm businesses. I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success in their law firm business. I've built and managed law firms in Georgia and New York, created innovative software for lawyers at LexisNexis, as well as served as a prosecutor in New York City. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations across the country, about what it takes to build your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest every month to talk about making your law firm work for you. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Turning Your Clients into Fanatics, and my guest today is Peter Shankman. Peter is an author, a consultant, an entrepreneur. He's got three companies and several multi-million dollar exits under his belt. He speaks to companies all around the world about how to provide amazing customer service and how to take advantage of the social conversation economy that he believes will be driving the global commerce engine over the next hundred years. Peter's worked with hundreds of companies and well-known brands, as well as countless other companies, both big and small, around the globe. He spends a lot of his time on airplanes, whether he's traveling to speak or jumping out of them, as a licensed skydiver. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, as, a, as a pilot, Peter, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that activity. There's no good reason to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. But uh, Peter, Peter knows that when his feet are planted on the ground, he's also an Ironman triathlete, long-distance swimmer, and uh, claims to be a rescuer of homeless pets. So I'd like to learn more about that. But uh, on business matters, Peter and I agree and see eye to eye on a lot of subjects. And today, we're going to be talking to Peter about why he's named his new book Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. He's going to be releasing this book in January. It's a provocative title and should be an eye-opening discussion. I've met Peter before. I attended one of his uh, Shankminds events in New York City and had a chance to experience his leadership as he marshaled a couple of dozen businesses uh, leaders towards positive changes in their businesses. I recommend the experience of that or any of Peter's events to any law firm owners as a way to really move forward in the growth and development of their business. In his book, Peter discusses important facts about how customers are talking about the businesses and services they have used, and just as important, how those businesses aren't seeing things clearly. 80% of businesses, he says, believe they deliver superior customer service. That's just like the fact that I've always heard that more than you know, like 80% of drivers think they're, they're better drivers than most. But only 8%, 8% of these businesses' customers agree. 77% of customers in the United States report at least having one case of rudeness from a customer service representative uh, in a given year. And about a quarter of them have had a bad experience in the past two months. And again, almost 80% have told more people than just the company about their experience. And the average reach of these folks was 751 folks. So in the book, Peter talks about how customers have come to expect poor treatment. 
And since I know Peter flies even more than I do, uh, we both experienced this uh, in a big way. Um, he, he talks about how businesses should abandon their loyalty programs and how to recruit fans for your business. And he calls these fans the zombie army. So let's find out more and welcome Peter Shankman to the show. Welcome, Peter. Thanks. Good to be here. Welcome, welcome. I'm, I'm so glad you can. So in my introduction, I've reviewed some of the facts that you've written about in Zombie Loyalists. And as a customer, as a frequent flyer, as I mentioned, and uh, you know, as I experienced the service and retail industry across the United States, these facts ring true to me. What's going on? Why is it so bad out there? You know, it's, it's so bad because uh, companies really don't understand that the, the old school mentality of, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. You know, it doesn't really apply anymore. Uh, back in the 50s, it was great. You know, you had no other way to get information, so you'd believe what people told you. Today, you know, everything is digital. And as something is happening, as you're doing something in real time, it can go good or bad. It can, it can blow up in your face. It can become great. It can become horrible. And companies need to understand that, that the ability to share information in real time is one of the problems. And if your customer service isn't great, you know, there's no reason for anyone to say anything nice, and they have the ability to say bad things in real time. So in today's economy, today's service economy, how are customers getting that information out there? Well, it's actually very simple. You know, uh, as, as I'm standing online waiting for Hertz to uh, stop screwing up and actually get in my car, which they never wound up doing, you know, I had time to actually tweet about it and write about it and post it on Facebook. I have a phone. If you have a phone in front of you, what else do you need? You need nothing. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. You can share good or bad as things are happening in real time. And um, it's truly amazing because you, you have the ability. Companies need to understand that in that if I'm sitting the, 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 the most dangerous customer in the world is someone who's waiting in a line, not being taken care of, and who has a cell phone. And what, where are they posting this information that makes it so viral? So, I mean, you, you mentioned in the book that... that, that anywhere. For- anywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, blogs, podcasts, anywhere they want. So when you're saying their reach is like 751 people on average, is their social network reach through all those avenues? Correct. Correct. And they can go, you know, and if something becomes big and it really starts to blow up, that could be into the millions easily. And so how should businesses, how, I mean, my, my listeners are law firms, but how should businesses in general start to really tune into this and be more aware? And what should they do to, as you say, build fans instead of uh, loyal customers? Well, one of the first things they do is just really understand they need to be transparent. You have to be transparent to what you're doing, how you're doing it, and what's going on. Talk to your, um, understand your customers, understand what they want, and, and be honest with them. You know, say, hey, this is what we're doing. Here's how we do it. Here's what we don't do. And if you, when you screw up, admit it. Own it. And say, you know what? We're going to mess something up. And we, we screwed up, and we're going to fix that problem. Fix it. Own it. Move on. And it's truly amazing how easy that is, yet how many companies simply don't do that. They don't bother saying hey, our bad, we screwed up, we made this mistake. It's, it's unbelievably simple. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, customers, clients expect to be treated like crap. You know, we don't expect good customer experience. If we can treat our employees one level above crap, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be good. And you, and you describe this as a real opportunity out there with this, with this really low-level bar set for all kinds of businesses, that there's a real opportunity for businesses to lead the way into a better experience. No question about it. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's like the great joke about the two guys in the woods, and they're, they're approached by a bear, and the bear's obviously going to attack, and the first guy leans down and tightens up his running shoes. And the second guy says, don't be a fool, you can't outrun a bear. And the first guy says, I don't need to outrun a bear, I just need to outrun you. You know, <laughs> it, it's such a small number of people who are actually doing 
good things that all you have the easiest way in the world just to be nice and 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 you'll win there seems to be a general culture though i mean when when a business i mean again i hate to bring it back to the airlines but it's one of my more more frequent experiences when they mess up they don't admit it uh, they, they, they 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 try to explain it they try to uh deflect um but they don't just take the issue heads on is are you recommending that businesses do Oh, yeah. Yeah. The simple act of saying, you know what, we, we, we screwed up. We made a mistake. Here's how we're going to fix it. And what would you say to lawyers who are like even more adverse to that where a mistake can mean malpractice? How do they, how do they fess up without getting themselves in more trouble? Uh, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. I wouldn't propose to know the legal aspect of that, but I do know that simply being honest uh, has never failed. Yeah, I can imagine that. You know, I was actually on a, uh, in an airport recently where, again, they they admitted that the airplane was in a hangar and they didn't have anyone to tow it over and they were working on it. And just that little piece of information really helped to make people feel like they at least knew what was going on. So that, that certainly makes sense to me. All right. So that's about how to make a bad situation maybe a little bit better. But you talk about making fanatic or fans out of customers, making your zombie army. What what are you talking about with that? Well, it's basic. You know, if you can, if you go to a restaurant or you go to a business for the first time and you uh, introduce service that is slightly above the norm, you're going to wind up with a customer who is pretty impressed, right? If you continue that, they will keep going and they will start telling people about it. You know, um, one of my favorite examples is Morton's Steakhouse. If you go to, if you make a reservation at Morton's on any given night, um, they always ask you when you make a reservation, okay, so we'll see you Friday at 8, are, are you celebrating anything? Oh, yeah, it's my wife's birthday. Okay, great. What's her name? Her name's Kira. Okay, great. We'll see you in Kira on Friday. And then you show up, and you get into your, they sit you at your table, and they bring the menus over, and the menus say, happy birthday, Kira. The stupidest little thing took, what, five seconds to print those out? But think about who's not going to take pictures of those, photograph them, put them on Facebook, share them with the world. For so the simplest, simplest little tiny Actions. So what you're saying, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is, is it's about getting to know just just a little bit more about your customers to make the service personal. Is that is that how you kind of build this loyalty? It's treating them one level above what they expect, exactly. It's, it's remembering that anytime you have a customer, whether it's a customer who needs something from you, a restaurant, a, a lawyer, whatever, they have a problem. How you solve that determines how much they love you. And you say, like, for instance, that a bit, businesses should abandon loyalty programs, point programs, uh, loyalty cards in favor of, of activity like this. Why are those not the same thing? Why is that not the same as going one step above? Because we're at the point now where people believe a loyalty card. You know, companies believe loyalty cards are, you know, hey, 10 cents off your 10th meal. You know, spend, spend $100,000 spend $100 with us and we'll give you a dollar off. It, it's not that beneficial. Treat me like a human being. And... You know, say hi to me, smile at me. That's worth more. Does that mean that Yelp is the new arbiter? No, it means Yelp is going away. Why, why do you say that? Yelp and TripAdvisor will be going away because if I, because within 48 to 56 months, the concept of friending, fanning, following, and liking is going to disappear. All right, let me, let me follow up on that a second with you because I, I want to interject uh, a fact um, that, you know, Avo, which you've probably heard of, or you may not have, but Avo yeah. has become sort of a leading um, reputation site for lawyers. Martindale Hubble at lawyers.com uh, has also been in its ascendancy, but Avo has become bigger. LinkedIn has sort of become a place. But 
I've read recently that actually Yelp has become one of the number one places people go to to learn more about how other people have reviewed attorneys. And you're saying now that's going away. Well, here's the problem with Yelp. You know, if I don't trust someone, if I don't know you, why would I trust your review? You know, I, I use the example of the scuba diver. Scuba diver might review a scuba diving hotel phenomenally because it had some great diving, it had incredible uh, boats, it had great air tanks, I don't know. I don't scuba dive. So if I'm gonna read, wow, this hotel is great, Anyone, everyone should stay here, and I go there and I don't scuba dive, I'm probably gonna have a miserable time. So why should I trust that person? What I'd rather trust is someone in my network who knows me, who understands what uh, I like and what I want, and can give me what I'm looking for. So if I'm in, if I'm landing in San Francisco and I need a restaurant, you know, I'll look online and it'll say, oh, you know what, Peter, your friend Mark was just at this steakhouse last month and he loved it. Uh, you should check it out. Well, if I trust Mark, I'm probably going to have a much better experience there than with someone I don't know. And that's huge. That is just simply huge. So, and, it, and the thing is that's already happening. If you go into Google, uh, and you type in steakhouse or something like that, it's going to show you steakhouses in your area, but then at the very top are going to be steakhouses for people in your network. And those will be first. So that's just huge. And, and that's where we're going. And that's why things like Yelp are not going to necessarily survive, because there's no benefit to seeing all these reviews from people I don't know. Now, this could sound scary uh, to a lot of service providers, because at least knowing that my reviews are on Avo or my reviews are on Yelp or, or even on you know, Google Local, that they're on one, two, three, maybe four aggregators, gives me a chance to manage my reputation and to understand what people are saying. But it also gives um, me an opportunity to uh, kind of game the system, if you will, like have, have my people go put reviews on them. Right. That's why the site's going to fail. Why the hell should I trust that? And I'll take it a step further. Um, it's not about reviews anymore. If I have a good experience with a law, with a law firm, my tweets, my posts, my whatever, um, allow me to show that value. I don't need to write a review about what I'm doing or about what I'm using. If I have the ability to, just the sentiment of my posts in general, you know, it could be six months old, it doesn't need to be a review, it'll simply say, you know, here's what we're doing, here's what we're, here's what I'm doing. And the experience, you know, if I'm at, if I'm at Morton's, I take a photo of the, the oyster plate and say, oh my God, how good this is. That's my review. And the right. sentiment of that review will be aware. So I don't need to go onto a review site and leave a review of my oysters. Got it. Got it. All right, um, Peter, we're going to take a short break here to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just send us an email at advertising at legaltalknetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Okay, we're back with uh, Peter Shankman talking about uh, how to turn customers into fans and talk about his new book, The Zombie Loyalists, so using great service to create rabid fans. So, Peter, we've been talking about how uh, the current state of Let's, let's call it reputation management is about reviews put on 
websites like Avo or Yelp, and you're talking about how that's going away in favor of a much more social, and I would then describe it as much more distributed, certainly reputation dispersion uh, about law firms. So as I said, this could be kind of scary because there's no longer a central place to go and manage your reputation. So what should law firms and quite honestly other service businesses, but what, what should these folks be doing in order to preserve their reputations and drive customer engagement? The simple act of treating your customers well um, will allow for that sharing. You know, law, lawyers are one of the number one most word of mouth requested people. So you get your, chances are you're getting your clients through, through current clients. And, you know, it, it, I, always used to, I always used to laugh when I see um, people who say, um, you know, oh, uh, uh, we're almost at 10,000 fans. Our 10,000th fan will get a free whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what that's telling you is screw you 9,999 original fans who liked us. You don't count anymore. You know, being able to be decent to the customers you have, to the clients you have, will almost always get you the clients you want. And so being able to be great to those customers, to those clients that you currently have, they will share. They will share automatically because everyone, at the end of the day, the internet runs on three things, bragging, drama, and cats. <laughs> okay? Bragging is, you know, it's just what it sounds like. Hey, I had a great experience. This guy's awesome. We should all use him. Uh, the cat, as we hear. Uh, and then, of course, drama which is the, uh, the equivalent of, um, you know, oh, my God, I hate this airline. I get flight delays. So that's pretty much it, bragging and drama and cast. So if you can create an experience that makes people want to brag, they will share because at the end of the day, we love being um, finders. We love being people who find information for other people. And if we can do that and we're the ones who come as, as those finders, we become the popular ones. Everyone likes it. It's just like high school. <laughs> so so, so what, it, what it sounds like then is that, it's it'd be really, and I guess this is this goes back to really good business advice. But it's it's not about me, right? If I'm the lawyer, if I'm the law firm, if I'm the business, it's it's not about me. It's not about how many fans I can accumulate, how many likes I can accumulate. It becomes about the customers. It has to be. You know, everyone's everyone's always chasing a like. Stop chasing things to to get you likes. Start doing things to make you more likable. That's a huge huge answer. Now, you've given this a time frame of 48, I think you said 48 to 56? 48 to 60 months, yeah. Okay. Why, why do you think it's going to take four years, and how, how is that going to happen? How, what, what are we going to see happen over that time frame? I think we'll start to see people understanding that it's more about, again, it's more about that, that doing likable things. You know, than, than If I go to a restaurant all the time and they treat me really well, I don't need to like them on Facebook for them to know that I'm a valued customer. You know, I spend a ridiculous amount of money every year with United, United Airlines, and they treat me very well because of it. I don't need to like their page on Facebook. You know, so, so for that, it's really about making sure that your audience, you're, you're giving the audience what they want, you're treating them with respect, you're being relevant to their interests, to their needs. You know, you look at things like people, uh, find out how your audience likes to get their information, give it to them the way they want. Is it, is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it blogs? Is it mobile? Is it podcasts? You know, figure out how people like to get their information and give it to them that way. If you do that, you become relevant to them. And a relevant, invested audience tends to buy a lot more and spend a lot more money and recommend you to a lot more people. Um, you know, if I, can, if I can say, hey, I like to get information this way and you give it to me that way, I will tell the world that. 
So in a, in a service business, um, like right now, the way things are, one bad review, like a really bad review can be disastrous, right? They're really, really um, taken seriously. While a lot of what you said, I think, is going to be scary for, for lawyers and law firms, partially, uh, it also seems to dilute the bads, right? If you have one bad experience with one customer, you may lose their network, but you're, it's not posted to everybody who looks you up. So there, there seems to be some advantages to this as well. No question about it. You know, and the concept being also that, that if, you, if someone is talking about their mistakes, the best thing you can do is fix it on the spot. You know, reach out and say, hey, I just saw that you had a bad experience with me. Let's chat. How can I make this better? And then follow up on it. There's no better lover in the world than a former hater. And I think we we all know that today. There's no there's no better uh, uh, or there's no more avid uh, anti smoking person than someone who used to smoke. I mean, people people who've been against something and then come for it can be very very powerful. I guess what I'm searching for here is something I'm not going to get, which is you know what's the magic? What should law firms be doing to be prepared for this new environment where it's not about the like, it's not about the uh, good review, it's not about the fan. And your answer is just simply treat your customers well. No question about it. And admit simple your mistakes. Act, simple act of being nice is so tremendously helpful. It's amazing. Um, just to simply do great things and be decent. You know, again, we don't expect it. You know, look, we go to a dry cleaners, we expect them to not have our clothing ready. We go to a, a fast food place, we expect them to screw up our order. All you have to do is just get the basics right. Get the basics right and smile a couple of times. You'll be amazed what the world will do for you. Looking forward, um, how do you see? Do you just see like these uh, these type of review sites like Yelp and, and TripAdvisor? You mentioned Avo, et cetera, just becoming slowly less relevant, or is there a tipping point coming where something else is going to take their place? Is it is it people's networks on Facebook? Is it their networks on Google, or is it something else new and and different that we don't know about yet? I see them becoming slowly less relevant. I think that the network is going to be relevant too. It'll be either Google or Facebook. They'll probably work together. It doesn't matter. But the key will be where your information is is placed and whoever sees that information, whatever network you're using. So I, I personally, I hope that Facebook and Google merge and call themselves for Google. But um, <laughs> you know. Whoever it is, it'll be the network that you're on when you're on it, as you're on it. That's how it'll work. All right. So let's let's take a slightly different look at this then because we've described now that customer service out there is pretty bad, that companies have a pretty warped perspective on it. They think it's pretty good when it's pretty bad, that review sites probably have helped them to self-delude to some extent, and that that's going away. But let's drill down, if you, if you can, and if you have any insight uh, for our listeners, into the why. Why has customer service gotten so bad? I think because there's been no need for it to be good. You know, companies have never had a need to really care about their employees because who are they going to tell? A couple of people? Or, you know, their customers who are they going to tell? A couple of people? Well, now you have a much, much bigger audience with a much, much bigger um, sharing ability, as it were. So as you could tell all these things and tell these people what's going on as it's happening in real time, you know, all of a sudden customer service matters a lot more. And, you know, it's funny to say, it it shouldn't, that's not why it should matter, but it does. In a a sense, what you're describing is actually we're coming around full circle, right? Customer service probably wasn't that bad in Little House on the Prairie, 
right? Customer service wasn't bad in my town of 5,000 people because the hardware store owner went to my church and also coached my kids' Little League games. And so if I said something bad about it, the people that mattered to him would hear about it. And if I had something good to say, everybody would hear about it. And and then I think what you're saying is that we've kind of gotten into this world where anonymity has become the rule of the day. And so we've come down to the least common denominator. And, and I'm thinking out loud a little bit. But so then the way companies started to communicate with us was, hey, watch this ad on television. Look at all these happy customers on our ad. Um, you know, let, let me show you what I want you to see. Let me teach you what I want you to teach. Let me fill your head with what I want to. And then they had to, they didn't have to keep caring. And that's, and because communication is becoming so much more, uh, distributed and available, we're rebuilding these small networks. You know, if you look in the fifties, back in the fifties, it used to be, um, the concept of the sewing circles, you know, parents would get, mothers would get together. They'd sew and they'd play with the kids and they'd talk about what butcher had the best cut of meat, uh, you know, what, what bakery had the best baker, uh, bagels. Now that's entirely changed. And that went away in the 70s and 80s with two, par- two parents working. And that's back now. It's back on social. And so that concept of being able to uh, create that wonderful world is very, very easy because there's such a tremendous um, sharing power and that people like to be the ones sharing. Should businesses, it, knowing what you're talking about, and it all, it all makes a lot of sense, should businesses, other than treating their customers well, which I think is, is you've made really clear, can businesses give themselves a leg up by helping people understand how to communicate this way, how to share their good experiences? I mean, should Morton say, hey, if you like this menu, take a picture and put it here or you know, help you they don't, have to. they don't have to do that. If they're, if they're treating the customers well, the customers will do that automatically. We like to share. We do. We're just, we're just good sharing people. We like to share. It's what makes us happy in this, in this world, in this economy. And you think that you know, generationally, demographically, et cetera, that's just going to be ubiquitous enough for this to work for businesses across the board? No question about it. No question about it. You, know, you no longer have to say, hey, if, if, you, if we're awesome, you know, just tell, please forward this on Facebook. And please, no, it's automatically, uh, it's automatically done. Great. Well, Peter, this is this is just really fantastic stuff. What just as as I wrap up, you you label the people who are giving these reviews. You label fanatic customers zombie loyalists. Why do you, why do you use that terminology? If you imagine a zombie's only purpose once he's infected, it becomes a zombie is to feed and breed. That's all they do, right? They don't care about the Mets. They don't care about anything. They feed and breed. The same thing happens when you have an amazing customer experience. All you want to do is share with the world how great that, that experience was and drag new customers to that business. That makes sense. So how can our listeners learn more about the book that we've been talking about and how to catch one of your events? Sure. I am Shankman. Uh, everything in my life is at shankman.com, S-H-A-N-K-M-A-N.com. And then you can um, find Zombie Loyalists at zombieloyalists, with an S, zombieloyalists.com. And you can find me online at, uh, at Peter Shankman on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Peter Shankman. Great. Well, thank you so much, Peter. And uh, that wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the uh, Law Practice Advisory Podcast. You can reach Peter, as he said, at uh, www.shankman.com. Uh, his Twitter handle, you don't mind if I give that out to you, Peter? No, go for it. At Peter Shankman. 
and uh, he's giving you the URLs um, for the zombie book as well. Uh, good luck with that, Peter. It's been great talking to you. And my name is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with our guest Stephen Fairley of the Rainmaker Institute. We'll learn from him about how to attract more business, more clients, more customers, and now we'll know how to keep them to yours. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Are you looking for a podcast that was created for new solos? Then join me, Adriana Linares, each month on the new solo podcast. We talk to lawyers who have built their own successful practices and share their insights to help you grow yours. You can find new solo on the Legal Talk Network or anywhere you get your podcasts.